Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Menopausal depression, why we've heard so little about it. Oh, I'm shocked that we don't mm. hear much about men. Really? I'm it's so men- surprised. And also menopausal. It's got men in the in the in the name. Of course it does. Too. Of course it does. Of course it does. <laughs> Just like history. Like right? Menses. Of course. <laughs> stirring themselves all over the place. History. Anyway. <laughs> around 300 million people around the world experience depression, but women are two times more likely to experience it than men. In fact, the prevalence of depression in women significantly spikes around the time of menopause, which usually begins around a person's mid-40s. During their menopausal years, women can experience depressive symptoms that are usually worse than what is experienced pre- and post-menopausal, and by men. In fact, suicide rates are the highest for women in the 45 to 64 age group. And as if life isn't hard enough, Thanks, biology. While these statistics are alarming, they're also largely overlooked. Many premenopausal women don't know this is something they may face, and men have even less of an understanding. One reason for this lack of attention is because menopausal depression is not considered a specific condition and is lumped in with the general depression diagnosis. Many healthcare workers underestimate the effect that menopausal depression has on the quality of life for women, particularly because many believe that it is mild and short-lived. However, this is not the case. In fact, menopausal depression can be severe and continue for years. During a woman's menopausal years, there are biological changes that occur in their bodies. A major one is the change in the levels of hormones in the brain. Estrogen levels, for instance, fluctuate and then they decrease. Estrogen is a sex hormone that helps regulate the growth of development and functionality of the female reproductive system. Through most of human history, the vast majority of women pass through her childbearing years by the mid to late 30s, causing the system to no longer be relevant. This is partly because childbirth becomes more risky for the mother and child in later years. So the body evolved to begin shutting down the system and allocating resources elsewhere. Through most of human history, the average lifespan also hovered around 40 years old, meaning that many women would never reach menopause, and even for those who did, this would make up a relatively short part of their lives. Today, however, the average lifespan more than doubled in the last 150 years, and we now have many women living far past menopause, and healthcare is trying to catch up on what hormone variations women should expect how they might affect them physically and mentally, and the downstream effects of these on other brain chemicals such as serotonin and dopamine, which are also important in mood regulation. While some of the intricacies are still being researched, what we do know is that all of these changes can lead to depressive symptoms. 
people experiencing menopausal depression often do not respond well to antidepressants. Studies show that hormone replacement therapy is a way more effective way to treat this condition, yet the diagnosis of depression often leads to a prescription for antidepressants. One of the main reasons for this is that many healthcare workers still do not attribute menopause as the underlying cause for women's depression and therefore do not prescribe hormone replacement therapy. Historically, there has been a lack of funding and research given to women's health initiatives. In fact, an analysis published in the Journal of Women's Health in 2021 found that the U.S. National Institutes of Health allocates a disproportionate amount of funds to research diseases that primarily affect men, quote unquote, at the expense of those that primarily affect women. Wow. Shocking. While we specifically need more funding for research about healthcare challenges that women face, it's far past the time to accept that men and women are living far past 40 years and that we need to learn more about the changes that come with this transition out of our younger years. While different in its manifestation, a similar challenge is also faced by men, something we often call midlife syndrome or the stereotypical time when men become disenchanted with their lives and go out and buy a red sports car. New studies show that this is, in most cases, not only a psychological affliction, but also has chemical basis as well, and that men may also need help through those mental challenges that manifest during this time with the assistance of hormone replacement therapy or therapy to manage an adjustment to their new normal. Black Death Era shaped how we respond to diseases today. Ooh, I like this story already. Understanding how past pandemics like the plague, and by the plague, we're talking about Yersinia pestis. That's the name of the of the bug. Uh, we're talking about the Black Plague, the plague. Those are the doctors. The bubonic that, plague. The, there you go. Thank you. Of course, I have to be all like professor. Of course. Black I death, bubonic be, plague. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bubonic. We're talking about the bubonic plague, not the COVID plague. Okay. Understanding how past pandemics like the plague have shaped the human immune system is key to understanding how we're susceptible to diseases today. A group of international scientists analyzed centuries-old DNA from the Black Death survivors, right? People who lived through the bubonic plague and victims to find out who lived and who died and how those aspects of our immune systems have evolved over the years. How cool is that, Liana? So cool. Scientists identified genetic differences between survivors and those who died before, during, and after the Black Death pandemic by analyzing DNA derived from teeth. To do this, a total of 500 ancient DNA samples were extracted and tested. So cool. Science, amazing. Researchers reported that genes that once protected against the Black Death are now associated with increased vulnerability to autoimmune diseases like Crohn's disease and rheumatoid arthritis. They found that versions of four genes called alleles either protected or caused individuals to be susceptible to plague. These genes are involved in the production of proteins that protect our bodies from pathogens. A dramatic jump in the proportion of people carrying these genetic variants can be directly attributed to the Black Death. In fact, it's the strongest surge of natural selection ever documented on the human genome. 
Despite improved immunity, the variants are also associated with higher risk of autoimmune diseases. That makes sense. Remember, autoimmune, it's, it's in the word autoimmune. It means that your immune system is so robust, it turns onto itself. Over time, our immune systems have evolved to respond differently to pathogens to the point that a gene that used to protect against plague in the Middle Ages is now associated with vulnerability to autoimmune diseases. The findings of the study were only possible because of a successful collaboration between teams that studied ancient DNA, human population genetics, and the bacteria that caused the Black Death and immune cells. The findings of the study came from the results of seven years of work. One of the researchers stated, we've assumed that the plague went away because we've become more clever at cleaning our houses and keeping the rats out. Negative. In fact, it looks like it went away because we became immune. I'm not 100% sure about that. I'll, let me comment on this later. In fact, it looks like it went away because we became immune, not just because we have better hygiene. While none of us wish that our directed ancestor died because that would mean giving up our own existence, that immunity came at a price and we're still paying it. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast, follow us on social media, and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D R D E R Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. <laughs>